0: Welcome back to In the Labyrinth of Death. I'm Finn.
1: And I'm Marina.
0: This week, we're talking about leprechauns.
1: Obviously, leprechauns aren't real, but I realized that this episode is going to be released on St. Patrick's Day, and I got excited and I wanted to do a monster special since it's been a while since we did one of those. My mom and I actually tried to find like a deadly Irish monster that wasn't a leprechaun, but everything that we could find was either like a good monster or it was something that just foretold something bad happening. So, leprechauns it is, but if you know some cool Irish monsters that were missing, just let me know, because I really want to read about them. I actually have two formative memories about leprechauns. One was in first grade, and I remember we were out at recess, it was like, it was a sunny day, and I think it was literally St. Patrick's Day, and somebody started a rumor that a leprechaun was in one of the first grade classrooms during recess, so I remember everyone kind of, like, crowding around the first grade classroom windows, trying to find the leprechaun, and all the lights were off in there, and some people swore that they saw it. And obviously, I didn't see the leprechaun, but I really remember that. And the other memory I have was also from elementary school, and someone had told me that if you put a rock outdoors on St. Patrick's Day, like deliberately put it outside of your house, that a leprechaun will come and paint it green for you. So I left a rock outside, and it did get painted green, and I still have it, And I'm only like 98% sure that was my mom and not a leprechaun because I still can't prove that it wasn't. I'm not going to ask.
0: The only form of leprechaun that I've ever really been exposed to is the Lucky Charms leprechaun that is on the box art. Otherwise, it's only ever been like parodied in like The Simpsons or other pieces of media. So as far as I'm concerned, leprechauns are much more of like a media and advertising icon than anything else for me.
1: Yeah, they kind of friendly like advertising representation of a leprechaun is like a fairly recent thing like the old school leprechauns are not necessarily good and not necessarily bad but definitely could be dangerous but before we get into it like always remember we're not experts at all of any kind we just really don't want to die and we like researching and talking about it please listen to the full disclaimer at the end of the episode and don't sue us we're just two regular people if you do somehow get injured by a leprechaun, though, I do want to hear about it, but I still don't want to be sued. So the story I'm going to open with today is a short one because obviously leprechauns aren't real, but this is one of the most famous leprechaun folk tales that you're going to see around. It goes, Once upon a time, a young farmer was working in his fields when he found a leprechaun. Somehow, he managed to capture the leprechaun, no details there, and to manage to know where the leprechaun's treasure was hidden. So, the leprechaun took the farmer into the woods and dutifully showed him the tree that marked where his pot of gold was hidden. So, probably excited to no longer have to be a farmer, the farmer takes, like, his red neckerchief and he kind of, like, ties it around the tree to mark it. And then he goes back to his house to go get his shovel, because obviously he didn't bring a shovel with him. He should have, though. And when he gets back out to the forest where he'd marked the tree he realizes that all of the trees have these like red neckerchief ribbons like tied all around them. So obviously, he can't find the pot of gold, and it's probably been taken away at that point anyway. And so the moral of the story here is that, in my interpretation, is that the leprechauns are tricksters. And so even if you capture one, they're going to try to subvert whatever you've actually gotten out of them, so they don't have to give you anything.
0: I don't think I understand that what does it mean when all the trees had the same red neckerchief around it
1: so basically he's captured the leprechaun right and he said okay leprechaun that i have now captured show me where your gold is so they go into the woods and he's like my gold is buried beneath this tree and the farmer's like sweet but fuck, i don't have a shovel so i'm gonna go take like this sometimes it's a ribbon sometimes it's like a red like neckerchief of some kind and he basically takes it and ties it around the trunk of the tree to mark it so when he comes back, he can find the tree I know, again. but
0: you're saying that there's but he a bunch has, of...
1: he has let the leprechaun go at this point. That's the exchange. I've captured you. You show me where the gold is, and now you're gone, right? So leprechauns, like, blinked out of existence like leprechauns do. So the guy goes back, gets a shovel, and comes back and to fuck with him and hide the gold. The leprechaun has tied ribbons around all of the trees so he can no longer identify which tree... He tried to mark with his own neckerchief. What
0: I'm trying to get to is surely you would know which ribbon or which neckerchief it is that you've tied around the tree.
1: Well, maybe it's leprechaun magic, dude. He may have like literally just No, but he took it from it. his his own though. Yeah, but who's to say that he didn't just duplicate that same one on all of the other trees? I don't trees? think
0: leprechauns would know how to do that.
1: Do leprechauns have a lot of power.
0: I get it, but it's like if you were to clone yourself, you wouldn't have your same like scars you wouldn't have the same like imperfections and the same thing goes with articles of clothing like you would know
1: okay fine but this is a farmer who captured a leprechaun knows that when you go find the pot of gold that you're gonna have to dig it up and doesn't bring a shovel so maybe this guy just didn't realize
0: i think this guy just doesn't know that neck of the woods very well
1: maybe he doesn't maybe he's like at his uncle's farm i don't know
0: I'm saying that if some leprechaun were to show me where some fucking gold was, I wouldn't need to mark anything. I would just know where it was and internalize it.
1: Okay, well, and also, I wouldn't even go back and get a shovel. I mean, how deep can it really be? i just fucking dig it out with my hands.
0: Yeah, and I also, if I had to get a shovel, I'd be like, I'm not going to let you go because the terms were, it's not that you, you show me where it is. I need to see it.
1: Well, that wasn't the terms that the well. Then that guy to. wasn't
0: very smart in his negotiations. Well,
1: we're gonna get into negotiations in a little bit, actually.
0: I feel like leprechauns are only effective against, not to be offensive, but people who can't think about like loopholes. If you were to put like any average lawyer against a leprechaun, there would be no winning for the leprechaun.
1: I really, I don't want to say any more so I'm about. I'm gonna get into the rules of leprechauns later, and. Leprechauns don't necessarily just have to show you treasure, according to some versions of the folktales. Right, I mean,
0: I'm sure they can be, like, wish-granting or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I don't know who's more devilish when it comes to these kinds of negotiations. Like, a leprechaun versus a genie, for example. I don't know as much about leprechauns as I do, like, other folkloric creatures, but I feel like they're not that high on the totem pole of swindling you, if that makes sense.
1: I think that they actually are.
0: As much as a genie, though?
1: I thought the genies... Or the
0: monkey's paw? Dude, I bet you a monkey's paw could outwit a leprechaun.
1: I think that they're all about doing the same thing. It's all like the same ilk. It's the same
0: thing, but... It's all the same. But in terms of notoriety, I think the top, the tippity-top of the totem pole is a monkey's paw. It
1: has to be the monkey's paw, yeah.
0: Like, a monkey's paw could swindle a leprechaun is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I would... You're Okay. Monkeys paw trumps all. Then sure, maybe genies, but leprechauns are up there. Let's not, not sell them
0: short. Yeah, I'm not trying. I mean, no pun intended. I'm not trying to cut them short. I just I don't think they're as powerful in that regard. Maybe it's because they're not limited in number. I feel like genies are more of like a threatened species. If that makes sense, they're more endangered in terms of quantity. In this magical world, right, if things existed simultaneously, there would be much fewer genius than there would be like leprechauns, for example.
1: So for you, it's like inversely correlated. Exactly. It's like the more scarce it is, the more potent it is. Like it's also notoriety
0: too, right? Like It's not like because there's one of something that is clearly the most powerful. That's not the way it works. It's also how, how notorious it is. So I don't think there's anything more notorious than a monkey's paw-like thing and usually there's only one. So that clearly by default has to be the number one. And genies, I mean, name a genie besides like the Aladdin genie. You really can't. So that almost is tied with the monkey's paw, except that you don't associate that genie with being like malevolent, right?
1: Yeah, I, I want to read more about genies because I don't... Are they different from gins?
0: I think genie is the way that like the West thinks of it is more like a culturally bastardized version of the traditional djinn. I'm not like a djinn expert.
1: But the jins have names.
0: Yes, they have, they have personalities, they yeah. have names too. I think they may have some wish-granting potential. And maybe I'm completely off-base about this. Maybe there are as many djinn gen or genie as there are leprechauns, like per capita or whatever that means. <laughs> Who knows? I feel like there would be villages of leprechauns, if that makes sense, or like warrens or burrows of leprechauns, but not necessarily genies.
1: Not necessarily. I'll get into that in just a second. I don't want to spoil. So what the fuck actually is a leprechaun? So leprechauns are small, by definition, solitary fairies. So there's no, not like a warren or like a community of leprechauns. They kind of just like exist in the world by themselves. They don't hang out with other leprechauns, at least according to like traditional Irish folklore. So they're often considered totally separate from the quote-unquote good people, which are the sort of fairies who like steal your child and swap them out with a changeling. So. Like, those quote-unquote, like, good people, those kinds of fairies, they can be, like, the really fucked-up ones who are gonna, like, like, for real, like, steal your child, that kind of thing. So, you normally see leprechauns depicted nowadays as wearing green jackets and hats with some kind of, like, white stockings and shoes. The whole vision is kind of, like, Elizabethan. Ireland is, like, what people are looking at when they see that. But one of the main things that is actually traditional is that Leprechauns are considered to be really good at making shoes. They're shoemakers. That's basically what they do in like the world of the fairies. So some people say that they're shoemakers. Some people say they're brogue makers. But that kind of confuses me because aren't brogues are just shoes anyway. There's a kind of shoe. But anyway, so when you're picturing a leprechaun, if you want to be accurate, it should have like really nice like polished and well-made shoes because that's what they do. And that's what they're known for. They're also generally considered to be mischievous and they may enjoy playing pranks, but they can have a darker side if you get on their bad side.
0: Is there traditionally like a size component to them too? Like are they traditionally really small or even conversely really big?
1: I think they're supposed to be they're supposed to be really small. So when people talk about like a life-size leprechaun, they're talking about like a human-sized leprechaun. I've seen it may have been in like the the Yates or may have been something else older, but Basically, they're supposed to be like the size of a mouse. So they're they're really, really fucking small.
0: So that means that traditional Western pop culture kind of representations are actually like jumbo size leprechauns. Because I, I picture them b- being like waist height or knee height at the that's shortest.
1: That's horrifying. I was picturing them no higher than like knee height. But they're, yeah, you're right. We're picturing like something that's like far larger from what yes. I think they're supposed to be. And again, we're not experts on Irish folklore, but from what I read online, they're supposed to be like mouse-sized-ish, so very, very small.
0: Now, do they walk?
1: Yes. Yeah, they walk.
0: They don't fly, right?
1: No. I don't think that... Oh, I'm talking out of my ass. I don't think that any Irish fairies fly. I don't think they're that kind of like otherworldly creature.
0: Right, because people think of pixies or fairies as like they fly. But and that's, that that's not something. like what the
1: Irish folklore fairies are. I have never heard tell of them flying. I would assume that they're just terrestrial. That being said, leprechauns actually go way back. The earliest like, written history of them is in these old stories from like medieval times of this guy named, and I'm so sorry I don't speak Irish, I'm gonna try, uh, Fergus MacLady, who was the mythical king of Ulster. And in one story, Fergus falls asleep on the seashore, and while he's sleeping, three leprechauns emerge from the waves, so from the ocean, and they begin to drag him back while he's still sleeping. So he obviously suddenly wakes up, probably like as he's hitting the water, he manages to capture them and they give him three wishes. So he survives, captures them, gets his three wishes. The weird part, though, is that the leprechauns came out of the water, which is not something that's made it into like our modern folklore.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that part was cross pollinated with like traditional mermaid folklore, because coming out of the water and dragging someone to their doom is very mermaid or even siren like. So, I wonder if in the the Celtic regions back then, there was still a strong siren slash mermaid folklore.
1: Well, I think they already have Kelpies. I I think that's already like a thing Well, Kelpies are are animals. Wait, really?
0: Are they not animals?
1: I don't know. I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up. I don't know.
0: I learned about Kelpies from God of War, and they are apparently water horses.
1: They're not real. It's a shape-shifting spirit. There's no such thing as a Kelpie. Do you think that they were real?
0: No, I'm talking about like a mythological creature. If you think about it from like ancient, ancient times, like sirens were around in like the Odyssey, right? That that was like 2000 whatever BC. And clearly Irish and Celtic folklore evolved long after that. Yeah,
1: but not necessarily as an offshoot from Exactly,
0: it. not as an offshoot, but I'm saying that I, it's not. I
1: am willing to bet that any culture that comes in contact with the water, particularly the ocean, is going to have some, like, fucked up creature that's going to drag you out into the ocean and drown you. Yep. But back to leprechauns specifically, since we are not, like, folklore experts at all. So, later on in the 1800s, so we were, again, back in the Middle Ages with the Fergus story, now we're shooting forward into the 1800s in the history of leprechauns, and the famous poet W. B. Yeats wrote about what he called, quote-unquote, sociable fairies, and he said that they were green- and that solitaire fairies, like the leprechauns, were red. So back then in like the 1800s, when people thought of leprechauns, they did think of like little old men, but they were wearing red instead of green. So and it's likely that we only think about them wearing green now, just because like in the Common Collective, especially in like the United States, we associate the color green with Ireland. He edited a book called Irish Fairy Tales in 1892 that described them as, quote, the leprechaun. This creature is seen sitting under a hedge, mending a shoe, and one who catches him can make him deliver up his crocks of gold, for he is a miser of great wealth, but if you take your eyes off him, the creature vanishes like smoke. He is said to be the child of an evil spirit in a debased fairy, and wears, according to Macna- M- McNally, a red coat with seven buttons on each row, and a cocked hat, on the point of which he sometimes spins like a top. In Donegal, he goes clad in a great frieze coat. So basically everything that this is saying, apart from me not being able to pronounce this other author's name, is that he's gonna, he's got cracks of gold, he doesn't like to share it, and he can vanish, and he apparently can spin on his hat like a top, which is kind of cool.
0: Now, does Yates ever say anything about the speed or agility of a leprechaun?
1: No, I don't know how fast they go.
0: Well, because it seems like they don't want to be caught
1: No, they decidedly do not want to be caught. Yes. (laughs) Correct.
0: Which should correspond with them being fast.
1: Yeah, but they can also like blip out of existence or at least out of visibility. So I don't know if they need to be fast, if they can just vanish like
0: smoke. I don't know about that because it says if you take your eyes off of him, it's kind of like that thing where they can only disappear if you don't look at them.
1: Okay, so you're saying if you just keep staring at them like a fucking psychopath, right. they won't disappear.
0: Even if you blink, then they will disappear, right? So basically, if you just like alternate blinking eyes and you have that line of sight unbroken, then by whatever rules that the leprechaun follows, they can't leave. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, or you bring multiple people and you take turns blinking.
0: Yes, sure. I'm talking about a scenario where you're not going to find a leprechaun if you're in a group of two or, or more. It seems like it's a solitary event. It's a one-on-one kind of thing. So with that rule, so to speak, you would have to not break the line of sight if you see one.
1: Yeah, I'd buy that. I was going to talk about rules in just a second, but I think we should add that one. Well, I was
0: going to say, on top of that, let's say that they run away, right? Sure. How fast would they be? They're think... small and they don't fly.
1: I don't think that they're supernaturally fast.
0: Because you know how a baby, when they run, a baby runs way fucking slower because their legs are shorter. Yes. Well, how fucking short is a mouse-sized leprechaun? You know what I'm saying? So if you fucking find one, you take a couple steps, you're already caught up to them.
1: Yeah, that's probably why that they rely on the vanishing act.
0: Exactly. But if you don't break line of sight, you don't close your eyes, both your eyes at the same time, then you just basically saunter up to it grab it by the fist and say hey give me your fucking money
1: yes if you're robbing the leprechaun yes that is well how. it's not
0: like they're fucking saints i'm sure they steal shit too
1: <laughs> okay you don't have to justify well no
0: where do you think they get the their whatever from
1: apparently they hid it during war times
0: yeah but they had to have generated it somehow do they mine
1: well i don't know they're magical creatures do they
0: just like pick up shit that people leave behind people don't really leave How do they're not
1: like doing like some alchemy shit and they're like turning acorns into gold? You don't know. They're not real. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. So
0: okay, if it's like a a something out of nothing scenario, then you're not really robbing them. They just make more of it. Sure. You're not robbing a leprechaun any more than you're robbing a beehive of honey.
1: Okay, I I can buy this justification. Right. Okay, I think that that would work for capturing a leprechaun.
0: You're not really even hurting it. You're just inconveniencing it for a little bit.
1: It is also interesting to me that some places say that leprechauns will hurt you if you try to catch them.
0: Like what? They're going to bite you?
1: Well, but see, they have magic. So I don't know. I don't know at what point, how much time you have between sighting them and capturing them before they decide whether they're going to disappear or like turn you into a toad. Uh,
0: Okay. Here's Here's what I'm saying. I'm not sure if this is ever elucidated in writing or anywhere else. Here's my headcanon for leprechauns. Because again, I came into this conversation knowing next to fucking nothing about them. They're just like pop media pieces that sell cereal to kids. Basically, they're tiny little fucking shits. If you see them at literally like toe height, then you don't fucking blink. You walk up to it literally because they're slow as shit because there's no description about their speed. And then you grab it. You say, please give me Something valuable in return for me uh, letting you go in exchange. And then you, spl- you part ways. Yes. Right?
1: I believe that that is correct. I don't know if they can also bite you, for example. or Well, how much would that hurt? Much? How much
0: would a rat bite hurt?
1: Have you ever been bitten by a rodent, dude?
0: Okay. Would you want to be bitten by a rat for the price of gold? I would exchange that. It should not hurt more than you bang your knee or shin on a coffee table.
1: No, it hurts a lot. I've been bitten by a guinea pig. It hurts like a motherfucker.
0: I don't know about that, dude. You've seen me hit my toe on some shit. Like, that fucking hurts. I don't think a leprechaun could hurt me more than I could hurt myself.
1: That is true.
0: And I get nothing out of it. Whereas I would get at least something out of it from a leprechaun.
1: And they're magical creatures so you would not get rabies.
0: And there's no written documentation about magical STDs or rabies, right? They're kicking an STD saliva. We talked we had a rabies episode. Yes. Right.
1: I would be worried about rabies and tetanus. But again, they're magical creatures. I don't think they are susceptible. I, I don't think that they are either. So we were just talking about rules. And when we did our previous episode about a fictional monster, which we did as a Halloween special, we covered werewolves and we decided that since, you know, monsters obviously don't exist you though you can't prove a negative, but they probably don't exist. You have to come up with rules so you can talk about what you could actually do about them. So I basically came up with some rules for what I think a leprechaun should be and how it should operate. So we can kind of like frame this discussion about how you would, you know, not be killed by a leprechaun and maybe actually get some wishes. So the rules of the leprechaun are as follows. Leprechauns are small and they probably look like little old men. Leprechauns bury gold Leprechauns can be caught or trapped. Leprechauns will do anything they can to avoid being caught or trapped. And I just added this one. If you take your eyes off of a leprechaun, it will vanish. If you do catch a leprechaun, you'll be granted three wishes. And I did the three wishes instead of like just showing the pot of gold, because you can use one of your wishes to show the pot of gold. And if your wishes are not airtight, then you're going to be monkey's pod. So that means your wish is going to be interpreted in a way that you did not necessarily intend.
0: Are your wishes granted instantaneously or does it have to occur naturally?
1: I think it depends on the wish.
0: So if you wish to have a million tons of gold instantly, they would be able to make that happen?
1: Yes. But if you wish to live a long and happy life and die of old age, then obviously that kind of wish would have to happen
0: over time. Is it ever the case where a leprechaun is not malicious in their wish granting? You said there's some nice ones at the beginning or they have the potential to be nice.
1: Apparently, if there are some folk tales where if you assist a leprechaun, it will reward you. So, if you see a leprechaun that is in some need of aid and you render aid unto said leprechaun, that instead of, you know, you having to capture it and get wishes that way that it will give you treasure. In, like in exchange for having helped it, basically. So if you happen to see one and you don't feel like being a dick and capturing it and effectively mugging it and you help it, then it might be nice to you and give you lots of gold anyway, without a trick. And in terms of how leprechauns actually will hurt or kill you, since they're literally like old world fairies with actual magic who don't want to be trapped, you might get fucked up if you try to actually catch one. So that's one part. The other part is if you do catch one and you do get your wishes, if you don't think through your wishes, you're going to be in a bad spot. I am personally like a petty and vindictive person. So if I were a leprechaun that got trapped, I would definitely twist any wishes that I had to grant. So I totally get where the leprechauns are coming from.
0: Now, how bad are the consequences for messing with a leprechaun? We've already established that in one of the earlier, I don't know if early is the right way to say it, but in Yates' example, that... Group of leprechauns wanted to drown somebody basically.
1: That was the pre gates. That was the or sorry, pre gates. Yeah, Yeah,
0: that's right. So they are at least early on capable of homicide. So is it still the case now? I don't know if nowadays is the right way to say it, but like is it canon that they will go as far as going to kill you if you fuck with them?
1: Yeah, that they will. I don't know that it's like a guarantee by any like stretch of the imagination in this fictional scenario, but. Yeah, but that a leprechaun, if pushed far enough, would probably kill you. Or if you just pissed it off enough.
0: So it sounds like you shouldn't go out of your way to try to catch one. It almost sounds like it could be a happenstance thing where like, oh, I stumbled upon a leprechaun. I am going to choose to either assist it or just casually grab it. But I'm not going to extort it.
1: Yeah, I think the more you do to piss off the leprechaun, the worse it will be for you.
0: Yeah, I feel like if it's one of those like roughneck fucking like pissed off types, you don't want to extort that one. If you somehow get like a very, I don't know.
1: Nice leprechaun?
0: Nice or even like weak willed one where they just want to be left alone and they'll do whatever it takes for you to leave them alone. They'll just grant a wish and like fuck off. That might be the best case scenario for you, but otherwise I wouldn't go leprechaun hunting
1: yeah assuming that they were real and they could like i would never fuck with like old world like fairy magic like that's never going to end well for you right like those stories never end well for people
0: well i almost wonder if it ever ends well for people who help them
1: it did there was a guy well not
0: always though right you can still get i feel like you can still get fucked over even if you help them
1: yes probably the, the best path is no interaction probably But in one of the folktales, this guy, he had like a rundown castle. He helps a leprechaun, goes back to his castle. The castle's, you know, full of gold so he can repair everything and his life is good. So, I mean, take that for what you will. But I guess that leprechaun was just in a good mood. They seem like they're probably mercurial, you know?
0: They seem like they don't want to be seen or interact with humans at all.
1: No, I think they just want to make their fucking shoes and be left alone. So how would you go about not finding a leprechaun? I think generally like most of these old world fairies, you can avoid them by just not actively looking for them. So you should probably avoid speaking ill of them because I've read a lot of other like old school fairy tales where like if you speak ill of the fairies, that bad shit will happen to you. I didn't see that specifically for leprechauns, but it's probably better safe than sorry. Now, if you think that you have airtight wishes, like you are a lawyer or have consulted with a lawyer and you want to catch a leprechaun, I honestly don't have any great advice for where to find one. It's probably safe to assume they want to be somewhere either like in the wild or at least with earth and trees because they have gold that they want to bury, right? So even in cities, there's parks though. So I mean, like who's to say there couldn't be like a leprechaun in Central Park, right? Like that's enough land. That seems reasonable. So we can assume that you can potentially find them anywhere as long as there is like earth for them to like bury their shit in. I did read that you can try leaving out some hard liquor for them. Apparently, in some traditions, farmers will leave out whiskey for them as an offering. So you might be able to incorporate that into some kind of trap. And um, one note that's there's a fairy that's closely related to the leprechaun. And I'm going to butcher the name and I'm sorry. But I think it's called the Cluricon, And that's basically a drunk, surly version of a leprechaun. So if you think these guys are like kind of like mercurial and not fun to deal with, just imagine them being like drunk. And they're like angry mean drunks so in according to some sources they literally are just drunk leprechauns like a leprechaun who becomes drunk in that moment becomes a clericon so if you're trying to lure a leprechaun in with alcohol don't give him too much or he might actually be like way worse to deal with than he would be otherwise now how to avoid becoming like a victim of a leprechaun so you're not like getting injured or killed by them i think the most important thing is not to get in over your head And remember that leprechauns are old-school fairies. They're not, like, cute cereal mascots. And they will fuck you up if you cross them. Alright, so now, since we're about to wrap up, we always talk about, like, media and, like, representation of things and, like, real life versus media. Obviously, this is fiction. So, when I was thinking about, like, leprechauns and movies and stuff, I feel like there's a ton of, like, St. Patrick's Day specials and stuff that have leprechauns in them. There was the Sunny episode that I really liked that was funny where Charlie thinks he's captured a leprechaun, but it's just, like, a person. Um, so there's a lot of good ones. The big one though that springs to mind are the Leprechaun movies, which I always knew were like schlock and they weren't good, but I looked it up and I had no idea that it had like actors in it that I actually like. It stars Warwick Davis and it has Jennifer Aniston, which I had no idea. Um, it's just, it's crazy. So, I may actually have to watch it. It gets, like, 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I love Jennifer Aniston and I like Warwick Davis, so I don't see a reason not to watch it. That being said, like, I don't like movies that are, like, intentionally bad. Like, I don't want to watch, like, Sharknado. Like, that offends me. I like watching movies that sincerely believe they're good and then they become terrible. I don't mind that. But I don't want to watch a movie that, like, intends to be terrible. So I don't know if the Leprechaun movies. The original one wanted to be a good movie and it failed which is fine or if it's trying to be a bad movie like i just i don't know enough about it but have you you've never seen the leprechaun movie, i have right?
0: never seen that
1: i haven't either so maybe we'll have to watch it but i don't want to pay money for it all right the last thing i had about leprechauns at all is i didn't know this was like an activity that you could do but making leprechaun traps for saint patrick's day with your kids or like just for fun as an adult i won't judge that sounds awesome Sounds like a really fun thing to do. So, if we have like time this week, we're going to try making one. You basically like make like a shiny trap basically for them with like you can paint it green, you can make it shiny, whatever. And then, like, when the leprechaun comes, you can like leave like gold coins out for the kids and stuff. But it seems like a fun activity. So, we might do that anyway. Don't forget that we have a website in the labyrinth of death.com. If you guys want to grab some free stickers from us, you can go to in the labyrinth of slash stickers. You can also reach us on Instagram at In the Labyrinth of Death. So if you like what you hear, please follow us and please leave a review if you get a chance. We'd really, really appreciate it.
0: Tune in next week for yet another new episode of In the Labyrinth of Death. In the meantime, share with us your near misses with death at InTheLabyrinthOfDeath at gmail.com.
1: We'll see you all next week. This podcast is researched and presented by enthusiasts, not experts, and is for entertainment purposes only. None of the content you have heard is meant to be taken as legal, medical, financial, survival, or any other kind of advice. Please consult with actual professionals.